What's going on, everybody? Episode 59 of RJ Bell's Dream Preview, MLB edition. My name is Taylor Ingle. My co-host Griffin Warner is here. We have a lot of games to break down. We're breaking down some playoff matchups. We have some future playoff matchups we might be seeing down the road in the postseason. We'll be dissecting that. Of course, best bets ends the show. And like we do on every episode leading into the weekend, we do a weekend series spotlight. Griffin is still in Europe. He's having a good time. What's going on, Griff? Oh, man. Yeah, I'm having a good time. I'm uh, running out of steam. I'm like the steam engine that doesn't have any gasoline in it or whatever, petrol, whatever Vladimir Putin's providing. Uh, it's running out. But I'm I'm happy to be with you and uh, looking forward to hopefully adding another best bet victory out there. Uh, yes. I, feel like, I feel like a 2-0 and is coming. I, I hope so. Drew Asperson, ever since we were just talking about this before, ever since he gave birth, he hasn't really done much. He's had an outing or two. I mean, look, yeah, congrats on the sex. Good job in getting did the he, kid. Did he give birth? I just want to make sure. Yeah, it was actually him. I mean, I'm kidding. <laughs> it might I'm kidding. have been I mean, at this point. At this point, it might have been. I don't know. But Rasmussen, you know, yes, it was definitely tough facing the Astros. But the Astros have the raise number. And I feel like Astros have everybody's number this year. And your pick with the Guardians pick. I can't remember who started for the Guardians in this in that game. Was it Quantrill? Was right. It was Quantrill versus Gray. It's correct. Yeah, Quantrill, the Guardians keep going. And speaking of that series, just to kind of give a recap to everybody, is the Central over now? I know we have a few more weeks left. The Central is uh, the Cleveland Guardians are up six games. Six games for the White Sox, and the Twins are now in third place, four games under 500, nine and a half games back in the American League Central. That team was leading, I would say, 80% of the year. They were leading first place in that division, and now it seems like it's over. Six games back. Let's see. The the White Sox have played 149. So if my math is correct, that means they have 13 games remaining and they have to make up six games. That's going to be really hard to do. That's probably like yeah. requires some sweeps of the Guardians. How much? See how many times they play the Guardians. I, I guess. Well, they play them today and then they don't play them again. So I'm going to say it is over. I'm going to agree with you. We have now officially on September 22nd going into September 3rd. September 23rd is this podcast drops, and you heard it here first from me. I'm going to say from me. I don't know Griff's there yet, but I'm going to declare the American League Central is all wrapped up and over. The Cleveland Guardians have taken this division. It's surprising how bad the Twins have been. It's it's not easy when you have to face a lot. They had a re- they've had a really tough uh, second half matchup wise. So I would say your boy Rocco Baldelli uh, mm. could be, mm. have an interesting off season, but that's for a discussion for a you later date. You think he's going to survive? I hope he does. I, I think he's a good manager. I I just think. The players that he's been dealt, there's been a lot of injuries on that team. Uh, bullpen hasn't been great. They don't have the starters to match. Even though the White Sox, the White Sox, when everyone's healthy, ready to go, I think the White Sox pitching, we all thought at the beginning of the year, was the best in the American League when you had a healthy Lynn, a healthy Giolito, a healthy Kopech. You had all these guys and a uh, Dylan Cease. Those guys together, all four, could be 
bringing the White Sox forward, but the White Sox offense could haven't hasn't done a thing all year. But I uh, I declare Taylor Ringle declares. You can mark this down that on September twenty third, recording September twenty second, it's over for the Twins. Yeah, I I think I agree with you. Um, looking at that White Sox four games under five hundred record at home. I mean, where do you even go to uh, try to stack up some wins? They're they're gonna have to get really hot. I think the Twins are are beyond it. And I, I hope that Rock will keep his job because that'll give or that'll make it to uh, Bishop Hendrick and high school Hawks running really, really big teams as Joe Missoula is taking over for the Boston Celtics, which is pretty cool classmate of mine from high school. So, you know, uh, don't know that Rock is going to stick around though. I feel like I don't fall back so to either. one soon. Yeah. Unfortunately. I, I don't, I don't know. And, and it's, if you look at the wild card twins are nine games back in the wild card. The White Sox are five and a half back in the wild card. That's a lot of ground to make up in both parties, division wise and wild card wise. I mean, if you look at the wild card and they're nine games back of the last third, the third spot in the wild card, you're done. It's over. You, and they done. play each other six times, so uh, I lose. think it's, you just can't lose. If you if you see three and three there, uh, I think you're you're keeping both of them out. So I think the White Sox have to sweep them, and I just I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, it's all tough, tough, tough stuff for the Twinkies. But with those Guardians and given Guardians, uh, given a W to Griff, that means he won. And at the end of the show, he'll be the first pick in our best bets, which, of course, is always at the end of the show. But let's get into uh, a little weekend series spotlight for the kiddos here. And Griff, do you want to start off first or shall I go first? I'll take it. I'll go sure. Blue Jays and Rays. Um, two teams fighting each other tooth and nail for that top wildcard spot in the American League. And ultimately, I think it'll be the, the winner of, of or whoever finishes ahead of the other will host the first round of the playoffs. And that's a big deal. Three games at home, uh, back to back to back days. And uh, currently, the Blue Jays have a two game lead on the Rays. They're playing uh, this weekend. We're actually recording before the game starts tonight. Uh, but they got four games at the trop. And so that two game lead could uh, quickly fall to zero or worse, um, depending on how the two teams perform. Um, but when you look at, I mean, the, the Jays are, are favored tonight, uh, Thursday night, the 22nd. We'll, we'll talk more about the game on the 23rd. Um, but seeing that, it's, it's not a lot of respect for Tampa Bay Ray team that's been so good at home. But I think the biggest question is, about their offense and really the discrepancy between the offenses on both of these teams. Uh, the, the Rays are going J.P. Chargua, a bullpen game tonight, and then Jeffrey Springs Saturday, Drew Rasmussen, who we've already talked about and kind of bemoaned a little bit about his performance after having uh, gone on the paternity leave list. And then last but not least, Shane McClanahan, and who knows what his arm, shoulder, neck, whatever situation is, unfortunately. Uh, whereas Toronto goes to, to Tampa and throws Barrios, Manoa, Mitch White, who looks like he's making the spot start, and then Russ Stripling, uh, my guy. So uh, it's pretty good, pretty good matchup of, of two teams that are fighting, trying to get that that home field advantage to then uh, eventually move on to the next round. And that's going to be big, big ask. But from where I sit, um, I, I like the Rays at home. I feel like they've played so well there, and that's a place where they. I mean, they're twenty-one games over five hundred home and, and so uh, i'll be looking to back the raise as much as i can in this series i think at the, at the end of the day i think both these rosters will be making the playoffs it's just a matter of where the season is going to be and 
give kudos to whoever whoever the whoever had their hands on building the schedule for both of these teams. I mean, you know, there's a lot of series we could talk about. The end of the year, the Phillies and the Braves being one of them, bulking up a lot of these competitive series down the stretch. Good on them for doing that because we're getting playoff teams that are battling for seeding in the wild card. I, I love it. Um, I think it's a big, big series. I, I think the if Toronto can win this series, if they're going to be knocking out a lot of these starting pitchers out quick, because you know we all know Tampa has the bullpen to keep themselves alive. It's just a matter of how quick are they going to get to the bullpen. If they can, if the Rays can hold on and keep those their starting pitchers in for at least six innings, then I feel like there's a better opportunity for that bullpen to be used the right way, where they use their high leverage guys late in the game, which they like to do, not using high leverage guys in the sixth inning or even the fifth inning if their starting pitchers get knocked out. You know, we saw Corey Kluber get absolutely wrecked by the Yankees, seven straight singles, and then it became a bullpen game in the first inning. And that not only ruins a game for that day, but it could ruin it for the rest of the series. So I want to see if the Toronto hitters, which they've been on fire the last two weeks or so, even last month, I'd like to see if they can continue that. So I like that series. I'll go ahead, Griff. Yeah, and so this is the last time that the Rays and the Jays will play before the end of the season. And actually, if you look into the further the schedule, I, when I looked at the Blue Jays first, I've seen a lot of AL East teams on there, and I was like, that's not great, and probably maybe favors the Rays a little bit. But the Rays finish hosting the Blue Jays, and they go visit the Cleveland Guardians, who are still fighting to, to clinch that division, then are on the road at the Astros, and then on the road at the Red Sox. So that's awful. Um, not that the Red Sox are playing great at the moment, but – um, that's a really tough end of season. I think the uh, this looks like a series where if the, the Jays can can hang on and, and perform at a, a reasonable level, I think they'll be good enough to uh, to take that top wild card spot. Assuming, of course, the the Mariners don't go on some crazy run, which I think could happen too. I, I think it definitely could happen. There's always that. There's Seattle. Even Seattle last year had an incredible end of the season where they missed the playoffs by skinning their teeth, but. Um, I think what we're looking at now with these three teams, Blue Jays, Rays, and Mariners, I feel like that's not set in stone yet, but I think that's what we're going to be seeing. Orioles, we'll talk about them in a second in this in Orioles-Astros series during our uh, breaking down our Friday slate of games. Orioles have been struggling for, you know, four and six in their last ten. They're four games back. They can still maybe make it, but these three teams look like they're the ones sticking around. But my series spotlight for the weekend, I'm taking two first-place teams in the respective divisions. I'm taking the Cardinals versus Dodgers series. It's a unique series. Everyone probably listening is like, hey, why are you picking two first-place teams? There's no playoff implications. They're already making the playoffs, what have you. I'm looking this, looking at this Give me like three weeks from now. These two teams could be battling it out. Team winning, whoever wins the series goes to the World Series. I don't know how the matchups are going to work out, but it could work out this way. Or we just see these two teams play each other in the postseason no matter what. Uh, I love it. The Cardinals have been struggling offensively, but their pitching has been top notch. Griff saw this early before we started. Lowest ERA since September 13th. That is the St. Louis Cardinals. Lowest ERA since the beginning of September. You got to like that. 
if you're a Cardinal fan, pitching has been pretty top-notch all year long. But to say they're having an unbelievable ERA at the end of the season, you you look for that. As those are big things to look forward to going through the postseason. And in this three-game series here, game one on Friday, you have Quintana versus Andrew Heaney. In game two, you have Jordan Montgomery versus Clayton Kershaw. And in game three, Adam Wainwright versus Tyler Anderson. To me, this is this is going to be a crucial matchup for the Cardinals offensively. Yeah, Andrew Heaney's not going to be the, you know, he he's career-wise hasn't been the best pitcher, but this year he's been having probably his best pitching season of his career. He's reemerged himself as a pitcher after having a really poor season last year, half with the Angels and half with the Yankees. Uh, I like the Dodgers in this series. Yes, the 103-win team, but I I really want to see how they're going to be balancing their bullpen out because the Cardinals have the bullpen set. Their bullpen's been set in stone since the second half started. The pitching's been set in stone. I want to see how these Cardinals – hitters can face against these Dodgers pitchers. The Dodgers pitcher staff, uh, we were talking about this before, Griff, is Dustin May going to be a starter? Is he a reliever? He really hasn't been great since he came off the IL. What are they going to do with Heaney? Is it going to be a star in the postseason? So I would say this is a tune-up game in a way that they're going to try to figure out, hey, look, if we're going to face the Cardinals again in the postseason, we have to have our guys ready to go. We have to have the right lineups out. We're not going to be resting, guys. I don't care if we've clinched the division. We're the best team, number one seed. I want to put our best guys out first. We're one of the best teams in the league. So you're going to see top-notch baseball here. Uh, I'm I'm excited to watch. I got to watch the Yankees all weekend, but I will be watching this on my other screen here for uh, because you know what? West Coast game, I'll be up, but um, I'm looking forward to this. Griff, what do you think about it? Yeah, I mean, two clearly good teams that are going to be playing in October. Um Looking at the – actually, there's a postseason picture on the MLB.com website today. So this would be a NLCS review, potentially, if, if both teams get there. And it kind of makes me feel like the the Mets have really done well to get the winner of the Phillies and Cardinals is what that looks like, and they get to avoid the Dodgers and the Braves, who look like that. those would be the two teams in the NLDS, um, which sounds like a really delightful situation if I'm, if I'm the Mets. Um, and just wanted to clarify that the stat I gave you about the Cardinals, their, their pitching was within the top five ERA since September 13th. I want to make sure I didn't misquote myself to you. I'm sorry for that. But okay. also, while they're not giving up a lot of runs, they're not scoring a lot um, until they just hit a grand slam a second ago to uh, take a lead. But um, oh, ironic. That's a, yeah, I know. Right as we talk about them, they uh, start performing. But, I mean, big series. Um, I feel like the Cardinals are always a tough out, no matter who's playing, how they're hitting, all that sort of stuff. And if they pitch well, uh, maybe they can go to the Dodgers and uh, get get one, you know? Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun series. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's nice to see that even with two teams that are clearly going to be winning the divisions, we're going to see competitive baseball. I know the Cardinals and Padres are playing right now. Padres are trying to fight for a playoff spot that will continue themselves to find to find themselves in the wild card. Uh, that I feel like the wild card in the American League is a lot stronger than it is in the National League. I feel like the National League teams, wild card teams, there's just so many holes in them. Uh, just to clarify for the people listening, if they're driving. Um, 
wild card teams right now for the National League Braves. Of course, it's either Braves or Mets. At the end of the day, both teams clinched their 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 spots to make the playoffs. Padres and Phillies, and then the Milwaukee Brewers are trying. They're two and a half out. So the the bottom tier, the Padres aren't a strong team. Neither the Phillies, and neither is Milwaukee. Um, I think I think what's going to happen is if the Phillies don't make the playoffs, it's because of their pitching, their offense with Kyle Schwarber and Harper and hopefully Nicky C can come back at the end of the season and start playing a little bit well. He had a few moments uh, at the end of August where he looked like it might be the old Nick Castellanos, but not so much. <laughs> but with uh, with that being said, that's all wrapped up. Let me give a quick promo to the kids at home, and then we'll get into our Friday slated games and, of course, <clears throat> best bets at end of show. So, beat Greg Shaker's college football contest, $500 first place prize, and a $500 bonus. Greg Shaker earned a profit of 38.10 college football units last season. That's called, that's a lot. For this beat the Greg Shaker college football contest, the contestant earns the most college football units, wins a $500, $500 cash prize. But that's not all, Griff. If you, if the winner earns more units than Greg Shaker did last year, the contest winner gets an additional $500. And if everyone's good at math, that is $1,000 cash. Enter today. It's free. Just go to pregame.com and click on the contest to find Greg Shaker's college football contest. Don't wait. The action kicks off on Saturday. I will be watching tons of college football with baseball at the same time. I'm going to be, my brain's going to be overloading with sports. Uh, and also, walk 20. Go to pregame.com, enter the word walk 20 and save 20% off all purchases on that site. It's good for seven days. From the podcast release, use it, Enter. use it. Walk 20, 20% off. Look, we, we're giving you these awesome little promos here with cash prizes, and then we're also giving you guys 20% off the entire site. Just enter Walk 20. It's that's exactly what like our, our job here is to give you baseball insight and telling you also to just go on the site and say Walk 20, type that shit in 20% off, more opportunities to win. More opportunities to get information from some of the best in the business. Griff and I are here to give you the, the insight. Use Walk 20. And with that being said, let's jump right into it. There's not many lines right now as we're recording at 7 o'clock tonight for some reason. But we're going to give you the ones that are here. And the first one on the slate is the Cubs versus the Pirates. It's a hell of a matchup, Griff. We're one of the best, I think, we're going to see all year long. Last time we had Brian Wilson. Is that his name? Is that Bryce, yeah, Bryce, 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 Bryce clearly, Bryce. clearly, I'm thinking of the closer for the Giants with the crazy um, hair. Yeah, yeah, Bryce. The last time we talked about Bryce Wilson, I was in tears talking about the matchup he pitched with Mike Miner and the Reds. But we got another great matchup near here. So give us about a uh, talk about this one. Well, I know that that meeting meant a lot to you. Um, I didn't yeah. recognize that you were crying, uh, but I know it was an emotional time. Um, I know that. At least our, our listeners in Pittsburgh were happy about it. Everyone else told us to stop talking about the Reds and the Pirates way back when. Probably brought back some memories. But here we are again. And we got Assad starting for the Cubs here, visiting Bryce Wilson or Brian Wilson. Brian Wilson's probably 50 now, but so probably not him. But uh, Assad on the road, a minus 110 favorite over under eight. And uh, I don't really know what to think about this because Bryce Wilson's not been very competitive and his team can't really hit the ball, but seeing the Cubs as a road favorite just doesn't really make me feel very good. Um, do you got any interest? Cause the Cubs bullpen has been pretty good for like a month now, I feel like. And so I feel like they, if they have a lead or at least in a ball game, I think I'd favor them. 
Uh, you know what? For one thing, the Pirates are really happy to be back home. They had a rough series against the Yankees. Uh, their bullpen got rocked, and uh, I mean, rightfully so. But against a team like you mentioned, the Cubs bullpen's been pretty good late as of late. Um, I, I don't think there's gonna be a lot of run scoring this game. What's over under is eight. I would say maybe smack the under right in its face. Uh, but also at the same time, it could hit the over because the bullpen <laughs> for the Pirates is so goddamn bad. Uh, I mean, what's his name? I'm like forgetting his name now. Um, David Bednar, it? the closer, who is no, just never going to appear again. I, the guy who led up the grand slam to um, Stan is it? Is it Crow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I, I don't. I look. I love Derek Shelton. Shout out to Shelton. Dude, Whoa. Dude, why? But why are you keeping a guy in after you let up a home run to Judge, and he he gets the bases loaded? Like I I don't understand. I feel like that's an easy move to just take him out. <laughs> you just let him in anyway. Uh, if I had to pick here, I would be happily picking and riding with the Cubbies on the road. They are a, a minus one ten favorite here. Uh, it's gonna pretty be cheap. A, it's gonna be pretty cheap. Cool. Yeah, pretty cheap. It's gonna be a wild matchup here. So. I'll stay off <laughs> well, we got we got another one coming in here as the Washington Nationals. They're starting Josiah Gray, and it looks like Trevor Richards will be starting for Miami. He's had a back problem all year when he, he's been healthy, which has not been much of it. He's been great uh, when he's not been healthy; it's been bad. No line on this one right now, but I'd lean to the Nationals if they come out an underdog. Next, we move from Milwaukee. Uh, we got Mike Miner, your guy, yeah. uh, as he's the host in this situation as Milwaukee is going to Cincinnati. Uh, looks like Jason Alexander, I'm guessing, will be the starter. And uh, as we kind of mentioned earlier, the Brewers are flawed, but they're fighting for a playoff spot right now. Should be a road favorite here with a pretty average uh, starting pitcher. And I got to say, part of me wants to take the home underdogs. I feel like they could mess, mess some things up. Next, we'll go uh, Atlanta and Philly. A near miss for a series spotlight, but I think yeah. ultimately was what I chose last weekend, and the Phillies won the same amount of games as Taylor and I did. So uh, we'll go Jake Odorizzi, started for the Braves here, who's uh, not exactly someone I have a lot of faith in. He's probably pitching for his playoff life right now because I don't really think he's a bullpen uh, possibility. But he's visiting Aaron Nola, who's uh, had a pretty good year, certainly some, some down times, definitely, but feel like he's maybe sniffing around a Cy Young, like a couple votes, like not not winning the award, but it's, I think, being talked about based on longevity. Maybe correct me if I'm wrong. But I think Nola longevity might... also strikeouts, too. I think the strikeouts, 210, this is something maybe take note of. Sorry, keep going. Yeah, no, no, you're good. I, I, I do like the strikeouts. I think you need that in today's uh, version of, of the MLB. It's, just, it's a crazy how long the season is, and I feel like Nola's been available the whole time, and and maybe we overlook that because we want efficiency all the time, but being able to take the game every four days is pretty important. Next, we have, I guess I'll drop this line now. So, uh, Nola's minus 138 favorite over under seven and a half. Um, I feel like it's too steep of a price on Aaron Nola and the Phillies, though I got to say, Jake Odorizzi is maybe the batting practice pitcher right now in this series i just i don't i don't trust him at all i'm kind of surprised he keeps getting the ball when the braves are trying to win this division i'm surprised too i'm surprised i mean look we could see we're seeing the starting pitcher in jake odorizzi on the mound but this could ultimately be an opener thing where he goes one inning and it's a bullpen thing but we don't know i i can't see that happening but 
you know, seeing that the Phillies and Aaron Nola are home favorites here against arguably one of the best teams in the National League. I understand Odorizzi's good, not good. That offense, night in and night out, day in and day out, has clutch at bats, drives runners in. I mean, they won me a best bet not too long ago. It was episode fifty-seven, so last week. Acuna hit the two-run home run in the bottom of the eighth, and they ended up scoring five more runs after that. Aaron Nola against the Braves this year. A little, little more uh, stats for the for everybody at home that might want to bet on this game. Nola is four in. I'm sorry, four starts. He's two and two on the year against these Atlanta Braves. Twenty-eight innings, thirty-three strikeouts, fourteen earned runs, and five long balls. He's not going to walk a lot though. He's walked four batters in twenty-eight innings. You got to like that, but. I don't like the 445 ERA against these Braves. What about yeah, those it, five long balls and four starts? That sounds problematic. Absolutely. So that's maybe the reason why I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ride with the Phillies here. I know the Phillies are on their fucking heels now and they need to win all these games. This and we were talking about this before. Their two starters after that are not not great. And Bailey Falter, Kyle Gibson. Not yeah, great. they they need to win tonight in the worst way. But I I can't see the only reason I can see if if Otto goes like three innings into starting role and he gets shelled, then okay maybe. But uh, I I don't not, I can't rely on the bullpen for the Phillies to get the job done. I have no faith in that. It's the offense or nothing for the Phillies. But I might be talking about this a little later. Ooh, okay. Mexico, San Diego at Colorado. Uh, Sean Manaya visiting Ryan Feltner. Uh, Manaya has been pretty bad for two yeah. months now. I want to say like ever since probably like Padre. one of those. <laughs> uh, I, I think he was a little better than that. I think you gave him a little bit of a hard time, but he's been so bad that it's certainly easy to forget any time where he was capable. And I feel like if there's anyone who needs a clay Holmes, I think my back is hurting, but I'm not sure like <laughs> send down to the minors. It's a yeah. Sean Manaya. But he's a minus 145 favorite in Colorado, where the Rockies actually know how to win games. Uh, can't really say I understand that one. Over-under is 11 and a half. Um, though we are at a time of the year where bad teams are going to be huge underdogs because they have to find a way to balance the action, and nobody's going to be betting Ryan Feltner tomorrow, except for maybe me. Oh boy, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not like. I'm not disagreeing with you. And it's funny you mentioned the whole Clay Holmes. Oops, my back hurts. Story. <laughs> it's only. It's kind of too late for that since now there's two weeks left of the season. Ooh, ooh, I, ooh, yeah. I, I feel like Manaya could have had one of those starts. I mean, September third against the Dodgers, he left eight runs, and then the start before that on August twenty eighth, he left six against the Kansas City Royals. Manaya's ERA is sitting at 518. They the Padres went out and got Manaya because there's not many, you can really think about it, there's not many reliable left-handed starting pitchers that are out there. There really isn't. It's nice to have one in your rotation, and clearly it's not working out. And they have one. His name is Blake Snell. Yeah, Blake Snell, who actually had a, he's had like five straight really good starts, and then he's back to his old ways. But as a Padre hey, he, man, he hit ninety. He hit ninety nine uh, last night. I guess uh, I didn't know that Snell Snellzilla had that in him. Snellzilla, what a name! Gotta love that. Um, anyway, all right. Sorry, uh, sorry. I'm, I'm distracting. I'm, Go back no, to Shamanaya. No, no. Go back yeah. to Shamanaya. Sorry. 
No, I would get me all excited because I bet I think one time on Blake Snell and he actually won me a game. Um, I think I did. I had to look back in the in the stats here. But look, I, I'm it, it'd be silly not to ride with the Padres, but I totally understand why you would want to ride with, with the Rockies because of how bad Manaya has been. And the Padres offensively have been bad. Shout out Juan Soto is not a, an actual left-handed hitter anymore. He's just a blob that sits up at that plate and tries to have some sort of at bats and attempts. Sorry. Wow. Yeah, wow. I, uh, I mean, you, you trained your whole farm whoa. system for him. Just fucking, you have to start hitting. You have to. Yeah. You do it? Um, wow. A lot to unpack there. Um, yeah. Very, very disappointing year from Soto. I'll give you that. Um, it's really nice, you know, Shamanaya, after giving up eight earned runs to the Dodgers on September 4th, a week later on September 11th, he was put in for one single inning uh, <laughs> to face the Dodgers just to really – get his confidence back. He only gave up one hit. Uh, he struck out two in an eight, four loss. Um, maybe that's going to get him going considering he's lost four of his last five decisions and his only good starts have come against Washington, Arizona. And uh, nope. Miami doesn't count as a good one. Nope. 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 Dude, the Dodgers, uh, Minnesota, the Dodgers July 31st. Okay. Hold, the Dodgers in two separate occasions have scored eight runs off of them this year. Yeah, that's um, bad, dude. 92, 92 with sync is not really working in uh, today's day and age, especially now the best team in baseball. That yeah. is, it ain't sinking. It is served on a platter. Eight runs, <laughs> two separate occasions, two in back to back months, almost to the t- almost to the fucking day, August fifth, and then September third. Yikes! <laughs> Shit. Yeah, All we, right, should, so, we should um, probably make sure we bet against Shamanaya every time think, he faces the Dodgers moving forward. We, that might need yeah. to be a MLB edition uh podcast uh, so. wager for all the all the all the people, all our family members, everyone who's liking, subscribing, doing all that stuff for us. Uh, we thank you. But um God, I'm gonna try really hard not to bet the Rockies here, and I'm gonna feel very, very sick to my stomach, especially because I need that thousand dollars after my suitcase just smashed itself up today. Anywho, next on the list, we'll go San Francisco at Arizona, Carlos Rodon. And I'm looking at Ryan Nelson, rookie, who's been really, I think, very good, and especially against uh tough matchups. Um, no line on this one right now. I imagine the Giants will be a slight favorite. Yeah, uh, I'm scared to go against Rodon, I'll admit, but I do like Arizona at home. I feel like they have been pesky, as we've been talking about for probably weeks or months now. Um, they've got a really young team, a lot of talent in there, and I like them. It is hard to get to bet against Rodon. I think you bet on him not too long ago, and he got – I think he got kind of rocked. I think that's what happened. But, you know, I, I like the the young rookie – we we always talk about how we're always a little skeptical on on, on betting on rookies, even in their opening starts, but also just rookies in, in general. Shout out to Bayo. I think Bayo's had a really good September. Uh, I know he kind of had a rough start against the Yankees ish, but he he found some moments where big strikeouts. He had some big caves. But um, would you bet against Rondon if you're betting uh, this game? Yeah, I think I would bet more against again more than against Rodon specifically, more against the Giants because I feel like they've been such a disappointment this year. And just I'll throw Ryan Nelson's stats at you at the Do- sure. excuse me at the Padres, at home for the Dodgers, and then at home for the Padres. Three three starts against two playoff teams, um, one at the top end of the spectrum, uh, one at the lower end of the playoff spectrum, but ultimately still a playoff team. 
Um, he started out this year 13 shutout innings, including six shutout against the Dodgers uh, with six Ks and six innings. Um, he didn't have a great start his last time out, second time being seen by the, the Padres, but I think he was a little wild with four walks and five and a third innings. I mean, his strikeout numbers are good. First two starts was uh, strikeout per inning, which is exactly what I'm looking for. Currently rocking a .82 whip, and uh, I like my whips below one, you know? So um, that is a, a really nice indicator for me. And I imagine that the Giants will probably be favored here based on the name and their fan base, and they yep. get bet probably a lot more than the Snakes. So we'll see what this number comes out of. Unfortunately, we'll not be eligible for a best bet on this show. All right, move on next to St. Louis at the Dodgers. Series spotlight of Taylor. Uh, we got Jose Quintana on the road pitching for the, the Cardinals. No confirmed starter for the Dodgers right now, unfortunately. Uh, I know that we've already talked about that on this episode, but just one of those things you get to deal with in September, unfortunately. And uh, I got to say, I'm pretty worried. Um, it looks like Heaney's going to go for, for the Dodgers, as you already mentioned, but I'm pretty worried about Quintana trying to throw um, 92 mile hour fastballs to the lefty. Very gives me a lot of Sean Mania vibes. If uh, if you've ever thought about that, yeah, I, I don't disagree. It's the battle of the awkward lefties in this matchup. Heaney, Quintana, uh, Cardinals went out and needed a left-handed pitcher. They got Quintana, and they also got Montgomery, who's going to be the game two starter, who is looking like an absolute Cy Young pitcher. Two lefties back to back games for both of these teams. Uh, I think the one big thing I didn't mention is how's Kershaw going to do postseason wise? That's going to be big. I mean, he's been he's been hot, hasn't he? I mean, ever, he, ever since he came back off the IL, I feel like he hasn't even missed a, a beat. Yeah, he his ERA is this is an ERA low when it comes to like Kershaw wise. This is like prime Kershaw. He's at a two three nine ERA right now. 2020 had the 216 ERA in the, in the COVID year, but when it comes to low ERAs, this, this is right in the pack of when Kershaw was in his prime, two five threes and the two two eights, two three ones. So if you're a Dodger fan, watching Kershaw this weekend is going to be fun against a young lefty in Montgomery. But going forward, if he can continue his dominance going into the postseason, that is a fucking weapon for the Dodgers and the pitching staff. Yeah, I mean, and they need a lot more weapons. Uh, right, like they need anything else. Right, North Korea style. Next we'll go, actually we'll move to the AL now as that wraps up the National League portion. Hopefully we have a, little, a few more starters confirmed uh, with lines available for us to make bets, bets. But, uh, you know, it's not up to us fully. Anyway, the Astros are visiting the, the Orioles, and this might be the uh, – this might be the last walk down the hallway for uh, a yeah. really nice story this year for Baltimore, unfortunately. But Jose Urquidy is uh, going to start um, to fire up the chair, you know, for the uh, the Orioles and Dean Kramer. Um, currently, Urquidy, a minus 143 road favorite, over under seven and a half. You know, the current is still running through the Orioles, but I feel like it might be uh, coming to an end. I think this is the right guy in the mound, though, for the Orioles to start off a series against. It's tough, man. Yeah, it's you want you want the Orioles to win so bad at home against a dominant team like this, ninety nine win Astro team. I know the Astros have been great all year. Is it me or is it is that like a sneaky ninety nine wins? 
Like uh, it, this was this was bound to be ninety one team, right? We all knew that in the middle of the summer they were dominating every series, but I feel like it's not getting as much hype as the hundred win Dodgers, though. Um, I think you're right. I don't think that Houston has gotten as much coverage. Maybe that's a result of the buzzer gate or whatever from a few years ago, and that people don't want to talk about as much. Maybe it's because they don't have the 60 home run hitter um in their roster they're kind of a lot of guys that just really you know they don't really shine their shoes when they're going out there they have a little facial hair and they uh they go win ball games you know um it also doesn't hurt that they've played in the division they've played in and i wonder right. if that maybe has limited the luster a little bit but i mean i'm really looking forward to a, an astros houston series if that's what we get for the lcs i mean that that's going to be a barn burner i think um, cause it'll be a good opportunity, I think, for the Yankees to kind of try to right some wrongs against Houston. Yeah. Um, as for this game on, on Friday night, I just, I feel like the Orioles have gotten us gotten here and I'm proud of them for it. I just, I don't see a lot more in this one for them the rest of the season. And I feel like, you know, it might be time to start f- figuring out where they're playing golf in a couple weeks, uh, somewhere down a little bit South of Baltimore. Look, if you if you want to bet on the Orioles, this is the right guy to bet. Dean Kramer in his last thirty starts is a three oh three ERA. His uh, WHIP is at a one two. Okay, uh, all right, you know. But uh, what I think is interesting is how I think Dean Kramer really wasn't a guy that was going to be a rotation fill. I think he was just a filler, like a bullpen guy could fill a spot here and there, but Kramer's become a reliable reliable pitcher for, for the Orioles. But this is one of the reasons why a lot of people think the Orioles are not going to be making a postseason berth is because of their starting pitching. The bullpen's there. The offense has is the definition of timely hitting, but the rotation is what they need help with the most, and that's something they're going to they're gonna need to focus in on heavily next offseason. And also, Grayson Rodriguez is the number one pitching prospect for them and one of the top 10 in all of baseball. So him coming up next year could be a thing. But for this game alone, uh, you know what? Seeing minus 143 rows favor the Astros, I thought it'd be a little bit higher being what the stakes are. Maybe I know Kramer's good, but I thought it'd be a little higher than that. But uh, I think riding with these Astros trying to get to 100, 101 wins is going to be uh, maybe the right move, even on the road. Yeah, it's actually a little lower than what I made it, but um, I think that's just me kind of feeling like the the Orioles season might be coming closer to a close than maybe the uh, the market does at the moment, which is a good sign. I think we're both rooting for it. Next, we have Red Sox-Yankees. Could have been on the series spotlight list only for rivalry reasons because there's not really much else to talk about here. But, you know, we do have a number on this one. Rich Hill is visiting Garrett Cole. Uh, I'm still kind of surprised Rich Hill is still – getting put out there at this point like what what are we doing um but he's a, a pretty big underdog i mean cole's at minus 210 favorite which is honestly i feel like a little disrespectful to garrett cole at this point and considering where these two teams are going over under is eight i don't say a lot of nice things about the yankees so there's one for you taylor what do you think it should be minus um, 210 a little higher than that i, I just I just feel like when I see Garrett Cole numbers, um, I didn't make it higher than this, so I might as well talk my book. But um, I just feel like Garrett Cole is usually a, a 250 favorite pretty frequently. And I, I guess maybe that's playing the Red Sox and the rivalry portion of this matchup. I just, I don't know. I, I just feel like 
We know what we're going to get from Rich Hill. He's going to be um, potentially he's going to have a good start, but he's going to have, there's a lot of risk against right-handed batters in that ballpark for him. And that's what the Yankees are essentially to me. Yeah. The, the Yankees really need to finish out the, the next two weeks on a high note, if they want to have any more confidence in themselves, look, they're making the playoffs. That's a given fact. They're making the playoffs no matter what, if they collapse and they make a wild card or they continue to excel and win the division. The thing is, is watching the pirate series last game of the series, they dominated one by 10 runs, whatever their score, final score was a lot of home runs. Glaber Torres on a 10 game hitting streak, 14 RBIs over that those last 10 games. That's a huge, huge thing to look forward to the next few weeks going to postseason. Oswald Cabrera starting every single day in left or in right field. Bader just became, uh, just went on to the, the major league roster. He's had a great start to his Yankee career. First two games coming up clutch. The thing is, in game in game two of that series, they were down eight to four going into the ninth inning. Against the Pirates, Clay Holmes another bad appearance. You know Severino in in his most recent start pitched well, but he, the bullpen is what's scaring I think a lot of Yankee fans and betting people betting on the Yankees is how can the Yankees continue to? It, there's never an easy game, Griff. There's legit never an easy game for this team. I mean, yeah, okay, final game of the series for the Pirates, they won by ten runs, but it seems like seven out of ten games. It's you're sweating your seat as a fan watching this team battle it out while Judge is trying to, you know, make history where he's at 60 home runs now and he's going to have the record if it's on Fox or if it's on Apple TV or if it's on the Yes Network, wherever ESPN on Sunday Night Baseball. But I think once the pressure of that's gone, I feel like there's be something a little different I because yeah, I think the guys handle it well. He doesn't talk about his his accolades whatsoever, which kind of bothers me. It's like Griff, wouldn't you want to be talking about yourself a little bit? You're you're having having maybe the best offensive season of all time because now you put the triple crown factor into it. Now he's leading the league in average now at three eighteen or three seventeen. Wouldn't you want I mean, to hype it up a little bit? I I'm a, a believer in modesty. Would me I be? Too. Able to I am be absolutely modest too. in his situation. I'm not sure. But I do think that his contract from whatever team it will be will not be modest coming up soon. I, I totally agree. Uh, I Sorry, I sidetracked a little bit. But with this series, yeah, this is a good starting point for the for the Yankees in a rivalry series. The Red Sox are just the definition of average. A lot of their star hitters from just a few seasons ago are, are falling by the wayside. It's going to be awesome to see Bogarts in the Bronx because he, he kills the Yankees no matter where it is. Plus, he's also battling out for the batting average title, the, the hitting title too. So that they're he's battling out with Judge. So there's a lot of locations here for winning, and also just history wise too. So you know, I'll be yeah. Able to be I, I this. thought you were about to call JD Martinez washed up, and I was not going to disagree. Next, we'll move Toronto at Tampa, and looks like no confirmed starter right now for Toronto, of course. But thankfully, we went through that on my series spotlight. And I've got Alec Manoa, um, and it looks like he's going to be visiting Jeffrey Springs. Now, this is going to be a tough one to call. Uh, Jays closed a favorite tonight's game uh, against full-time game starting Jose Barrios. Uh, as I mentioned, this is a huge series for both teams, of course, but especially for Toronto. I feel like they hold serve, escape St. Pete, the drop, 
the fortress that is where the Rays play that has Tampa. Do they still have Rays in the pools? I'm not sure. I guess that's irrelevant. I think they anyway, do. I think they do. Um, and, you know, it's one of those things where I feel like Toronto will probably close a favorite again with Manoa starting. So I feel like, I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like he hasn't been the, uh, he was really dominant early in the year and last season when his career started for Toronto. I feel like he hasn't been as good lately. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. There, you gotta, there's, you gotta bounce out, bounce out of it. This, you can't be having moments towards the end of the season where games are crucial. People might be thinking, okay, they're both these teams are going to make the playoffs. Okay. But wildcard seeding now, it means so much, right? You could be playing a significantly better team depending on where you're seeding. So, this whole yeah, series rides just, on a, rides huge. It's huge. I think it, playing at home is the biggest thing you can go for. Um, I don't really think it matters if you're the five or the six seed technically, but I think if you can get that that four spot to at least have those huge. three games at home and start the playoffs, that, that's a big, big situation. Next, we'll go Cleveland at Texas, and Cleveland's getting closer and closer to taking this division. Morris at John Gray. Currently, John Gray, a little bit surprisingly, a minus 110 home favorite. He's coming off uh, an oblique injury that's really limited his his uh, amount of innings he could eat. He went three and a two, I think three and two thirds in his first start back in the IL, four and one third in his last one. Based on uh, that trend, maybe we see five innings from him, and then the uh, vaunted Texas bullpen, which is uh, not so vaunted. Um, I don't have a lot of Morris at this point, but uh, the Guardians are a better team fighting for playoffs. Kind of surprising seeing the them as a, a road underdog here. I think they're a real underdog because of Cody Morris. I, I, and I, I'm honestly surprised though. Like I get Cody Morris is really having a, a lot of experience uh, on the Guardians or just a whole. But the Guardians are better offensively. They're just a better team overall, up and down at rotation off the uh, lineup and bullpen. And yeah, I get, I get a gray he can throw the fastball, uh, but how long is he gonna last? That's the thing. And. I think it doesn't even matter. If the Gray goes six innings or seven innings, the, that Rangers bullpen's going to find a way to mess things up. Yeah, don't don't see him going that far. I feel like the Rangers, they have some good days in that bullpen. It looks like they have a lot of really good arms and had some of the blowups that they've been taking. Uh, and I got to say, Morris, you know, his last start, six, six innings, one earned run against the Twins. Um, not the best lineup in baseball, but certainly – Better than average. Um, unfortunately, an ugly five walks at home against the Angels in the start before that. So, or maybe too, walk, too many for that. Yeah, too many five. For me. Ooh, ooh, too many for me. That's scary. You can't, as they say, you can't defend a walk. Um, next, we go Seattle at Kansas City. I mean, yet another unlisted starter. I think it's going to be Brady Singer um, and Mark Gonzalez is starting for the Mariners. Mariners, we haven't talked about a ton on this podcast specifically about where they sit in, in the playoff race. But they're they're right there with the, the Blue Jays and the Rays, only one win behind the Rays right now. So, I mean, they I mean, go on some crazy run. As you mentioned, there was a possibility earlier during my series spotlight. I mean, it certainly could happen. Um, and this is a big series for them going to Kansas City. You can't really hit. But I got to say, Brady Singer's been awesome. And he's been a really great underdog slash someone that I wish I'd bet for months now and instead of like the last month or so. Months plural would have been nice. Um, but I'm expecting Seattle to close a favorite here. Marco Gonzalez, he somehow hangs around in games and throws a bunch of quality starts over a season, striking out two or three guys every six innings. 
doesn't look good to me, but uh, somehow make it happen. I just have you have you been on to Brady Singer and, and watching what he's put up lately because it's, it's been really impressive to me. Yeah, Brady Singer's been. But this is this is who they drafted, right? They drafted this fiery, no BS attitude starting pitcher out of Florida. Everyone remembers that his final game as a, was his final game as a senior, or was his final game in general as a Gator. He blew up because he uh, it was started raining and it canceled his final game at home. And then there's been starts like that throughout this throughout his career where he blows up on the mound. Not from balls and strikes or whatever, but he gets so animated from excelling on the mound. And you're seeing it finally forming into like he's like a Pokemon. He's finally forming into his full form here. I think maybe there's more to come in the next few years. But do you think they have does he have a shot against the Mariners offense? I mean, Julio Rodriguez is throwing the team on his back. He's been hitting really well. Over his last 28 days, he has a 305 average, 25 for 82, with seven home runs, nine RBIs. He's having an unbelievable rookie year, which will be the rookie of the year in the American League. It's the rotation that needs the, the back end of that, that rotation, which needs to be better. I mean, we, I think we talked about Logan Gilbert, right? A few, it wasn't that too long ago on a few pods ago that he were, I think you even said that we're seeing who Logan Gilbert really is. Like, this is the ceiling. This is what we're going to get. So that rotation needs to put things into gear the bullpen's there and the offense is there it's like the orioles but the orioles line up and bullpen's better it's like the same yeah, thing and the orioles enjoyed selling a lot of players at the uh traded lines this right. year which i mean was part of their plan good mm-hmm. good guy though brady singer allegedly in 2018 he paid off all of his parents debt pretty, pretty uh, yeah cool guy apparently. pretty good guy. yes he was drafted 18th overall as a junior at the university Florida. Um, next, we'll move the. I guess we're going to stay in the AL Central with Eduardo Rodriguez and the Detroit Tigers visiting the Chicago White Sox and Lucas Giolito. Giolito currently a minus one seventy five home favorite over under seven and a half. And I don't know where these numbers come from because I don't, I'm, Giolito, I'm, I'm shaking my head too. To, like he hasn't been able to hit water if he fell out of a boat for a while. And yes, I don't like. Uh, Rodriguez being a left-handed pitcher against Chicago White Sox. But, I mean, Luis Robert has been, like, out of the lineup for a month or two now, like maybe playing twice a week. So that's a huge right-handed bat, probably three-hole best hitter in that lineup that's been absent. And I think Rodriguez had a pretty good start last last time out against these same Chicago White Sox. They're fighting for the playoffs, got all the pressure, whereas Detroit has none. Um, I do think that there's a disadvantage in the bullpen, unfortunately, for the same Detroit team. But I don't really know where we're getting this minus 175 number. Uh, I, I don't know. I'd love to know. I mean, I'm seeing other sports books. They have minus 200 here. I mean, what are we doing? Even worse. Even, Even worse. worse. And, yes, you did mention uh, Robert or Robert, however you want to pronounce it for everybody at home for their own things. I have him in fantasy. I don't start him anymore because he starts – two days out of the week. I can't do it anymore. I can't start him. Uh, but you mentioned Rodriguez as well. Rodriguez's last start were against the Chicago White Sox at home. Six and a third innings pitch, two earned runs, seven strikeouts. It's a lot for Eduardo Rodriguez. Doesn't strike out many guys. I'm going to ride with the Tigers. I can't I can't ride with Giolito. And this, you're like, you know what? I'm a Lance Lynn hater. You're a G Delito hater. We don't like two guys that are in the White Sox rotation. That's cool with me. 
Giolito has been maybe we could figure out at the end of the year, Griff, who's the biggest boss in like each like biggest pitcher boss of the yeah, year. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah. I think that's okay. a good good hit worst hitter of the year, worst pitcher of the year. Maybe you could put Javi Baez as the worst hitter of the year. He's been horrible. <laughs> having Cody horrible. Bellinger. Yeah, throw sliders away to Javi Baez. He'll swing at him. Uh yeah. So <laughs> just make sure make sure they don't bounce because those are the ones he hits. He loves even the ones that bounce. He's just like they look so meaty. I'm gonna eat them and just swings and misses by like nine feet. Uh, yeah, and just Giolito got rocked. Uh, he went four and two thirds against these Tigers last time, so I think it was on the same exact day. Oh, it was the day before. Um, okay, so I'm riding with the Tigers. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. Uh, next, no line as uh, Shohei Otani goes to Minnesota. I'm thinking Joe Ryan starts. I'm thinking Joe Ryan might actually be. I mean, might might be a pick 'em type of number here. Um, really? So you got to decide. Are you, you ready to? I mean, Otani gets a lot of love, but on the road, that angel, I mean, you never know. Maybe the Twins are dead, and we're just going to give up on them. That, that'll that be a good telling sign to where the market thinks about the Twins and if they're pretty much packing their bags and uh, if they're already out, out on, on a vac- summer vacation or if they're sitting there really fighting to get that last question on the SAT right or whatever the heck. The, Dude, Otani has 196 Ks this year. That's... Freaking nuts. 13 and 8, 2, 4, 3, all right. 196 strikeouts with two more starts than he did last year. And he had 40 more strikeouts than he did last year. And he won the MVP last year. That's bonkers. Yep. Judge wasn't having this year. Back-to-back. Guaranteed back to back MVP. If Judge wasn't alive, then yeah. Judge is the MVP. I mean, at this point, we're just. Ignoring the fact that Shoya Otani is essentially Max Scherzer and a slightly worse Aaron Judge in the same guy, and it's ridiculous that he's not going to win. But maybe Judge will win, and uh, I know that that'll add a couple extra thousand dollars to his contract, maybe his daily pay rate as well. Um, I agree. Last but not least, we go Mets at the at the Athletics before we get to our best bets. Thanks for hanging with us, everybody. Chris Bassett at Cole Irvin. Uh, a huge, huge di- difference discrepancy between these two teams. Uh, really big for the the Mets, who are trying to hang on to the NL East. And uh, what's better than if you have to have a road t- road uh, series, you might as well do it at the Double A Athletics. And Chris Bassett's minus two twenty five favorite over under seven. Um, how nervous is the Mets fan base? I feel like we check in on this every episode from our from our guy at, on the ground in New York. Mets fans are so freaking happy how they've been playing. This is the best Mets team since 2016. That was when they went to the World Series that year. Uh, Yeah, that season. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. That was the World Series year postseason. Yeah, I'm just trying to make sure. I don't want to act like an absolute moron saying this is the right team. I think this is the team that well, lost hold the Hold on. Royals. Let me, why, why, you, why you look that up? Um. I mean, yeah, they're a great team that have been playing well, but they are 20, about 2015, 2015. They're about to, I was I was in New York City those days. Um, but the Mets are like in real danger of choking this away. Like they are like teeter-tottering. If they weren't playing the the Sisters of the Blind, then like I would be Oh, really look, they're happy, Griff. They Griff, those. they're they're happy they they're a playoff team. They're the best teams in 2015, but they're also sweating because they can't have a break. 
every single game they have to win because the Braves can't stop winning. And, you know, now I'm kind of like almost debating on whether my best bet, you can kind of maybe think of what I'm thinking of doing, but you do have first dibs. But the Mets are playing the athletics in Oakland. It's a pretty, it's pretty almost an easy matchup here, but Cole Irvin is the best pitcher the Oakland A's have right now. Shout out my boy Paul Blackburn, but Irvin's been red hot since last month in August. He's a 3.790 ERA, which, you know, that's, I guess that's okay for uh, a starting pitcher. That's mm-hmm. like, that's like uh, Lefty Grove for Oakland A's pitchers nowadays. Lefty Grove, shout out from the grave. Um, but look, the New York Mets are fan base here on the radio. The fans are worried that the the if the Mets lose like two games out of this series, Griff, it's they're done. And that's see, that's how crazy. That's how much I love baseball because at the end of the year, the race is so tight that losing one game could be crucial to your series and to your season. Now the Mets did it to themselves. They had a 10-game lead. It's their fault. Having a couple bad stretches in August does that to you. But, um, damn, now I have to rethink my best bet. Fuck, well, I'm sorry to tell do. you, Cole Irvin, Cole Irvin, his last, uh, I think it's 17 innings, has given up 20 run runs or something like that. So the the Maybe, the wheels, maybe I was wrong. I don't know. Maybe I was wrong. I don't know. Well, no, Cole Irvin was great for a while and was putting up great numbers, had a couple of really good starts against the Astros. It has not really stayed that same way, unfortunately. Oh, he got I don't destroyed know. by the Braves. Oh, my God. Yeah, that, that kind of blows up his numbers a little bit, but it's still pretty bad with a 4 or 5 and a 3, I think, in terms of, of runs allowed his last three other starts. So uh, there's a little more than I think you need to see there. And Chris Bassett gets a return back to Oakland where I'm sure he knows yeah. how to pitch and I'm sure he's very, very excited to be there uh, for the start. So with that, that gets us through the Friday card. We've gone through our series spotlights. We give you a little bit extra on Aaron Judge. Um, though I'm currently I think it's nuts that Shohei Otani is not going to win this MVP, but that's I mean, apparently, you know, that's good good to spread the wealth. Uh, and before and let's spread the, the wealth even further. Um, as Taylor mentioned already, but our, our promo code for this, this episode is WALK20, W-A-L-K-20, like all the walks that Cole Irvin's going to issue on Friday night. Uh, 20% off for all listeners from this podcast. It's good for seven days from the podcast release. You can get my picks. You can get A.J. Hoffman. You can get any of the, the pregame.com pros. Um, anyone out there, 20% off. Um, get get some advice if you're making college football NFL picks, more baseball picks. I got some soccer stuff out there, um, but get on it and uh, save your 20%. And, and hopefully that'll uh, give you a little bit more cash to, to spend even further uh, on family members, suitcases and whatever you need. And without further ado, it's best bets time. And uh, fortunately I do have the T box and I'm really looking forward to adding another win. I think that's two in a row for me. I want to say um, correct if I'm wrong, but um Gonna try to keep that going the right way. No, you're on a one, one game, one game heater. Damn, damn, shoot. Well, it's not a streak yet, but uh, we'll try to make it a streak. We're, we're gonna go streaking next episode. We're going streaking. Oh yeah, bring your green hat. I'm gonna start with uh, the Detroit Tigers run line. So Detroit getting one and a half runs on the road at the Chicago White Sox. I think Eduardo Rodriguez. He had a really weird leaf of absence for a couple of months that I don't think anyone's explained in the middle of the season. 
but he's built back up. He had a good start against the White Sox the last time out. And I just am on the, the Lucas Giolito fade train, and I'm riding that train with a broken suitcase or not as far across Germany as it'll take me. Uh, so I'll take Detroit. Eduardo Rodriguez getting their run line, getting one and a half runs. Um, and I love that on the road because uh, potentially, even if the White Sox win, they'll only have eight at-bats. So I'm looking forward to that. Griff, is that our first Tigers bet, best bet all year? We have to look back into the archives here. I, I can't say that's that's. Let's find. Let's get. Let's get our intern on this because there was a time where I did like the, the Tigers bullpen a little more than I think the market did. Uh, so I have a bad feeling that that would be no to our first. But you know, honestly, at this rate, it could be. And uh, I hope it's not our last because I, I do like the idea of seeing uh, my my best bet against the Chicago White Sox. You, this is your second Tigers bet this year. You did on oh episode 40, you took Padres versus Tigers under seven under. and a half runs. Yes. And you won that. I think that, I think that ended on seven with a uh, nice little blown save, extra innings runs scored that made me want to vomit, but uh, came through. So let's try to go for two now you know wow two tigers bets on the year could not see that coming all right so <laughs> I, i'm gonna i'm gonna roll with the team that uh we, we talked about a, a little bit at the beginning i was just mentioning oh should i like think we'll overthink it but i'm gonna i'm gonna run with it i'm gonna run with jake odorizzi you know you don't hear that too often i'm gonna run Whoa. with the braves on the road at plus 128 the atlanta braves Yes, they are trying to defend a World Series title. They're also trying to make the playoffs as a division winner. And they are two games back from the New York Mets, two wins back. The Mets are nine and 95 wins. The Atlanta Braves are sitting at 93 wins. They got to keep winning, man. And Jay Gordorizzi has to step up tonight. And I think this is a good matchup. Nola has a 500 record against these Braves this year, a two and two record, four, four, five ERA. A lot of home runs, five home runs in those four outings. Not what you want out of your ace if you're a Philadelphia Phillies fan rolling and trying to play the Braves at home. It doesn't get easier after this win, so the Phillies got to win this game, but I don't think they will. I think Odorizzi maybe goes three or four innings. I don't know if Jake Odorizzi pulls something out of his ass and goes like six or seven. Won't happen. I think the offense of the Braves will will kick it into high gear. So I'm going to take the Road Dogs, Jake Odorizzi, and the Atlanta Braves at plus 128. Let's go, Braves. Nice. You can follow me on Twitter, the real underscore G Warner. Um, feel free to slide in DMs if you guys want us to cover things like biggest bus. Um, I think that'll be a, a lot of probably speak speech about my fantasy team, but we can certainly make it more gambling related if you want. Uh, Taylor, give us give us your info and uh take us home. All right, kiddos. You guys can follow me at Taylor Ringle on Twitter. Look me up all over the interwebs. You can look at me on my website, taylorringle.com, when I have all my content there to view, video, audio, all that kind of stuff. Another great episode is in the books. Braves plus 128 road dogs and Tigers one and a half runs versus the White Sox. A lot of playoff baseball is coming. Next episode will be an interesting one. we got a lot to break down playoff-wise in the next couple of weeks. I'm excited. September baseball is in full effect. 
playoff races are in full effect and you can all find that here on the rj bells dream preview mlb edition with taylor ringgold and griffin warner each and every episode we appreciate you guys sticking around talk to you guys next week